Kia ora welcome to Circuit Cast, conversations on moving image from Aotearoa and beyond, brought to you by circuit.org.nz. And our guest in the podcast is, I think, one of Aotearoa's most exciting artists, working particularly in moving image and photography. It's Tanu Nano, based in Auckland. Tanu's known for his work as part of the Fafswag Collective, and he's one of five artists commissioned to respond with a short moving image uh, as a reflection to the idea of home. Kia ora, Tanu. Kia ora. I was interested in what your first responses were when you got this brief. Well, it's not the first time I've been asked to respond to notions of home, uh, just from a curatorial kind of lens or a positioning in terms of artists responding to, I guess, what it's like to be an artist operating and and creating work in Aotearoa, considering what a diverse uh, cultural mix we have here. What's interesting is that the, the last time I was asked to respond to um, the idea of home, I was in a totally different place in my life. So what's changed for you? Can you tell me what that what that journey is? The first time I was asked to respond to notions of home, I was in my mid-20s, and uh, I was doing a show called Home, AKR, for the Auckland Art Gallery. Uh, so they had asked a bunch of Māori and Pacific artists to respond to the idea of what home looks like. Being in the show was quite a milestone for me because I had only, I felt like I was probably the least experienced in the show in terms of (laughs) exhibitions and institutions and stuff like that. And so I thought it was quite interesting that they really had curated this mix of artists across the generations and from different backgrounds and from different lived Pacific experiences. But cultural dislocation has been kind of grappled with as an artist overall throughout my career and most of that stems from the fact that I was born in Samoa in 1983 and I was adopted and then kind of brought here as an infant raised in South Auckland by my Irish Maori mother who's um, kind of socially Pakeha and I grew up in a single parent family with a whole bunch of siblings from different countries and that type of cultural distance from my Heritage has always kind of informed my identity and my my perspective as a as a creative person. Tell us a little bit about Savage and the Young. How have you approached those themes with the work? I really recognise that there's this continuity in my work in terms of the the ideas present, and uh, just when I'm making things for myself and not as part of the collective fest, I, I I try to honour some idea of continuity in my practice between some of my earliest photography of, of men and their uh, Pacific Island men in their familial environments to I guess videos that talk about migration and that talk yeah. about the history of colonization um, and what it means just to be someone who's trying to form an idea or an opinion about their identity uh, when it's informed by the history of colonization and uh, the history of migration of Pacific people from the Pacific to New Zealand. Yes. Um, and also within a, a social context of to be a contemporary version of that living today um, in an environment where we had, you know, 30 years of homosexual law reform, yeah. but still 14 Pacific countries um, who still criminalize homosexuality. Um, you know, and then it, that in relation to the 
the copious amounts of images around masculinity that our communities consume on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, just via the internet, via media that is uh, often framed and created without any consultation with Pacific people, uh, but made purposely for Pacific consumption. And mm. I'm really interested in these ideas and how we can take this this kind of pre-existing coded language and this historical continuity and match it with some of our, well, some of my own personal conversations around masculinity and definitely around some of my own personal creative ideas around continuity. Um, I'm a really big history buff. So, you know, when I was in high school, social studies and history were two of my favorite subjects. And then I was just always really fascinated with the past. And most of that stemmed from the uh, from my adoption just because I grew up with my Pakeha mom and she was always educating me around my culture. But there was always some form of detachment because my mom was Irish Māori and I was Samoan. Uh, yeah. She couldn't speak the language and everything she had learned about Samoan culture was secondhand. And um, and so there was this weird lost in translation <laughs> that kind of happened. And so a lot of what I had to learn about my own culture and about the history of my own people, I had to do myself um, from quite an early age. And I found it really fascinating and I became a bit obsessive and my mom would buy me all these history books and um, she kind of fed the compulsion a little bit <laughs> and so it wasn't until I was in university and then I realized that a lot of the kind of rhetoric or ideas around uh, Pacific migration and, and what it meant to live here as a third generation migrant in, in New Zealand was actually like kind of fabricated or predicated on some loose uh, assumptions around our culture Yes, and, and sold back to kids in school, <laughs> Yeah, uh, which I just thought was weird. Like they never taught us about, you know, uh, they never taught us about West Papua or they never taught us in school about, um, hmm. you know, all the the mineral mining that happens in the Pacific, like they, they gave us a very glossy version that positioned Pacific people as if we were um, kind of rescued by the crown. Um, everything is an echo of these historical moments. And I don't know, it's, it's only when I'm in a context of my community and with other men that I can see some of those ripples in terms of history and and how some of the the milestones that have really impacted um, Samoan men in particular and Samoan migration to New Zealand um, has really just been embedded within some of our uh, masculine cultural identity and our and the code of uh, how we see ourselves. Why do Why do you? I'm quite interested in what you're saying there, Tanu. Why Why Samoan men particularly, and, and what are those sorts of codes and and so I can only really speak as a Samoan, so I can't, I, I get uncomfortable when I, <laughs> when people are like, oh, so if you're speaking on behalf of all Pacific males, yeah. I can't really, I, I mean, that makes me feel uncomfortable. And so I, I say Samoan because I'm a Samoan and my relationship with the men who are in my life are, are predominantly Samoan. So I think uh, the visual presence of, of, of 
when and where we see depictions uh, of Samoa and Pacific Island uh, on television or in the media. Actually, these things are tied to criminality or poverty or social deprivation and all, all these kinds of narratives that are also echoed from what we learn in school. And fascinated by that because I feel like we're, we're just arriving at a time where men can finally talk about their feelings. Mm. And so it's interesting to me that this, some of those old ideas are, are starting to no longer be able to stand up to, um, I guess, the emotional scrutiny of what, what young men are actually looking for in terms of their identity. Uh, something a little bit tender and something a yeah. bit more emotionally accessible. Um, and so the work I've made is really just looking at this, but also using a type of visual language that I'm familiar with as, as someone who kind of grew up with a lot of popular culture. And and I'm just interested at what Pacific work looks like when it sits in, in within a, a, a lens of popular culture. So, Tano, this, is, this sounds like a huge responsibility you give yourself. I mean, to, you know, to quote the title of a work, Fafswag, you've got at the moment, Reclamation, the sense of reclaiming history, looking at it and empowering a, a new generation or a younger generation. It's, it's quite a responsibility for an artist uh, within, within the culture. Yeah, um, and, and if I said that I was doing it entirely for the culture, I'd be lying because if I'm being truthful, it's mostly for myself. Yeah. Um, and it's mostly for the men who I'm constantly in conversation with and when we talk about these issues and when we talk about these um, about these uh, problematic uh, things that exist within uh, male Pacific representation and how we're constantly creating these counter-narratives and combating racist ideas or like just old redundant um, historical notions and and I do this mostly for myself to uh, hold myself accountable to the idea that I can still contribute a, a, a conversation to the culture um, that sits outside all of that. That's why the artist is powerful, I think, that they come from a personal perspective. With, with this work then, Tana, who have you worked with? Who have you collaborated with to create this, this particular moving image work? Just myself. Just yourself? <laughs> um, yeah, I I collaborate a lot just um, working in FASAG as a yeah. collective. We're um, constantly kind of bouncing between different groups of collaboration. And so, you know, when I was asked to create this work, I really just wanted to take up that responsibility myself. Because as you mentioned, mm. it's, um, it's imbued with ideas that are, are huge and seem to make certain assumptions around the culture in terms of, um, where we're at and what conversations are important, and that's a, that's purely a conversation I'm interested in, you know. And I can't ask anyone else to shoulder that because that's what fascinates me as an actor. A lot of people don't know this, but I actually have a background in animation and cell animation. <laughs> ah. I'm really interested in moving image that sits outside of traditional forms of visual storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, and I've made the work myself, and it's a very visceral presentation of ideas of masculinity um, that are imbued with this like kind of aggressive response to uh, colonization, and also the way that in, in which 
brown men in particular uh, tend to be portrayed or presented to to people today. With your work with Fafswag as well, Tanu, you've been showing a bit internationally, I think, more recently. I'm really interested in how people respond to what you're doing and whether you're finding those perspectives are quite different. There's a massive global conversation happening currently around gender and the politics of gender, Mm. sexuality and identity. And there's a lot of conservative uh, responses to this global conversation as well. And you can see in certain countries where new governments have introduced new laws that discriminate against queer people. And so being part of a collective who are very vocal and visible around those issues here just through our creative practice, it feels really important to be part of or included as part of that global conversation. And so essentially what we're doing and attempting to do with our our work internationally is just connect with those people who are basically saying the same things we're saying. Because ballroom culture, uh, which is something that Fasag have had a leading kind of hand in, um, is also a global conversation, and there's ballroom communities um, around the world that we've been connecting with. And what we've found is that it's always the art or the art form that connects us with other people. And essentially, when we strip away all the kind of high production value of our work, at the heart of it, it's just about relationships and people. And so, um, you know, we really are trying to invest in and building a social practice. Oh, Tanu, thank you for joining me and talking right now. No worries. Hey, thank you so uh, much. Okay, see you, Tanu. Kia ora. And that is Circuit Cast, brought to you by Creative New Zealand. <laughs>